now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, look, we're going to start off the show today uh, pretty cool uh, flashback to somebody we've had on the show before, but it's been some time. Uh, back when I was doing my flight training really serious, Diego Alfonso was right there. Uh, we were actually setting it up for him to be my flight examiner, and uh, once he found out, he retired and handed it off to <laughs> Yeah, he uh, dodged Ed. the bullet there. Yes, <laughs> to Ed, a flight training professional. So he is retired uh, now as an FAA examiner, flight instructor. He's done it all, and he uh, has you know maintained his association with Just Plane Radio, despite his better judgment, and uh, is back with us today on Just Plane Radio. Hey, how you doing, uh, uh, Diego? How's uh, retired life treating you? Well, uh, let me tell you, Greg. Um, I was very skeptic at the beginning, yeah, uh, about retirement. But then I was born again. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, uh, it's the greatest. I should have known this when I was twenty-five. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> you would have retired a little earlier, huh? That's correct. Okay. But, uh, anyway, let me let me thank you very much. Uh, for having me in your broadcast. I mean, I cannot think of a better place to be today than chatting with you and, and your audience. So I'm I'm all jacked up about this. So. Well, you know, he, he's not on just to, you know, uh, you know, glo- gloat about his retirement and the fun uh, that he's having. He's been keeping pretty busy, and he just released a brand-new book. It's called The Theory of Flight 2.0. It's Missing Links Revealed. It's by Diego Alfonso Sr. You can check it out on Amazon, Google it, look it up right there and find it. But you've just released this, and it pretty much, I mean, you know, obviously I haven't seen the whole book because it literally was just released this past week, I think. Yeah, And and, um, you've put all this uh, knowledge from years of being a flight instructor and an FAA examiner into this book to kind of make people like me. I don't know, educated enough to actually get our private pilot license, or or what do you think? Well, yes. Uh, what happened, let me give you, if I can, let me give you a little background on yeah. really why was the book written. Okay. And the reason why the book was written is due to two things. Number one, uh, way back many years ago, I was flying, uh, reporting radio traffic in, uh, uh, between Jersey and in uh, Manhattan, and uh, one day, I mean, in the winter time, uh, I, I used to be up like six o'clock in the morning. And uh, on the way back, I was supposed to pick up a student. I flew for two and a half hours. That was the duty time. Hmm. And then I was going to an airport called Trinca, and but the winds were very stiff. And then I realized, and I always like to practice when I'm flying. I, I think that uh, just to sit straight on level, not doing anything, is a waste of money. Mm-hmm. So if you're going somewhere, you know, do some slow flight and things like that, so it keeps you busy. So I decided to do a short field approach into Trinka Airport. Okay. And then I realized that I was indicating 50 knots 
But the airplane, now 50 miles an hour at that time, that was a, an airplane, that, uh, the speed indicator was miles per hour, mm-hmm. doing 50 miles, and I was actually drifting back. I was not moving forward. Hmm. And that freaked me out <laughs> because uh, 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 it was something that I never thought about it. I never yeah. thought that it could happen. And, and that blew my mind. So anyway, I had that power to get to the runway. And I landed, of course, I was supposed to pick up a student that day, and there was no class, though, because of the winds were very, very stiff. Mm. But that brought a, a question into my mind. Why did that happen? And I asked a whole bunch of people, and nobody could. And it took me years uh, to really figure out why that happened. So that's the first thing. Hmm. And then the second thing was the first time I flew uh, upside down uh, in an aerobatic airplane. And then I, my question was, where is Bernoulli's now? I mean, uh, something is not jiving here. Right. And so, so those two questions, I never got a satisfactory answer to them. And I decided to find out by myself. And down the rabbit hole, I went. And I'll tell you, I found so many things um, that are really uh, not the way they are. And and there are reasons for it. But here's the thing. Nobody is to blame because uh, that's the way the whole thing started. So later in the program, I'm going to go into that. But that was basically the reason why I started to do that. Okay, and you had questions, things, you had questions, yeah. and uh, you're like, uh, you guys don't seem to have a good answer for me. I mean, I don't like the answer I'm getting, and you have to dig deeper, and, and you realize, like, look, these guys are talking over my head or whatever, and you said, I can do this uh, now that I know what really is going on, and maybe uh, can dumb it down f- uh, to people like Greg, and <laughs> it's so weird. I can <laughs> absorb this information better, you think? Well, and I'm glad that you're thinking that, you know, if you had this question, I bet there's other people that are having the exact same questions and aren't getting the answers from their flight instructors or from their aviation training programs. Right. Yeah. I mean, the whole flying backwards thing or, you know, you weren't making any progress. I would have thrown out wormhole and I know that's not the answer. So I'm glad you're, you're, you're out there putting out information that'll kind of dumb it down for people, you know, in layman's terms. And uh, uh, so you can get these, I don't know, basic flying type of uh, nuggets, right? Uh, to create a good foundation for your flight training. And exactly. But mainly is to deprogram what we already think happens uh, according to the new theory of, of flight. Uh, according to the old theory of flight, we, we need to reprogram ourselves because a lot of things are not exactly what they seem to be. Um, uh, they, they, uh, they were missed along the line. And that's why we have so many uh, different theories about how an airplane fly and all kinds of terms that shouldn't be used uh, when you explain the theory of flight, especially lift and things like that. Hmm. Okay. All right. And so, uh, yeah, you just uh, created your own book, uh, to answer all these questions and, uh, and, and just, if, is this just one of those things that you figure this will make it much easier for someone like me 
uh, trying well, to get into it, or were you, were you just a wealth of information? Like, look, this stuff is bubbling up inside. I have got to get it out on paper at some point, and I finally did it. I'm, I'm glad that you asked that because here's what happened. What the book reveals cannot be explained in a half an hour, nor in two hours, nor in three hours. Actually, I tried it once. I was doing a uh, uh, safety seminar at Sonom Phone. Oh, guys, about 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And I tried to do this, and half of the people got up and left. And the other half that stay, I don't think, believe half of the stuff I said anyway. So, <laughs> wow. Because it goes against the grain. And it's, it's not criticism. It's just things that don't seem to be like they are. And uh, But once you, uh, that's why the, he needed a book. And he needed a book to be written in a, a logical sequence. In other words, you cannot go to the back and find out whether the uh, butler kids killed somebody or somebody killed the butler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it doesn't work that way. You got to go step by step. Got it. But finally, it, it, it'll, it'll come together. All right. Well, yeah, you got you have those foundation, those blocks initially and then he builds on it from there and i'll I'll tell you i've read just the beginning of the book you know once again it's available on amazon and uh it's kind of a non-traditional way he's writing too we'll get into that next the name of it is the theory of flight 2.0 it's missing links revealed by diego alfonso senior our guest (laughs) today on just plain radio stay close Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Gators approach the great and powerful Ross. Uh, Dennis, uh, Hangar 18 down the street. Smilings! The great and powerful Ross knows why you have come. Okay, uh, some spark plug wires and washers for my Mooney 201. Silence! The magnificent Ross has every intention of granting your request. Great! But first, you must prove yourself worthy by bringing me a stick from a Cirrus Vision Jet. You know, I'm not a fan of the whole flying monkey thing. I think I'm going to call aircraft spruce and specialty. Oh, okay, you got me. Uh, just a man behind the curtain with a aircraft spruce catalog. Pretty cool, though, huh? You don't need a wizard to find parts for your plane. You need Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Supplying the aviation industry for over 50 years. Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Call 877-4-SPRUCE. 877-4-SPRUCE or go to aircraftspruce.com. That's aircraftspruce.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. 
Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. The landing is your first impression. It's your it's your superhero handshake. We were all meant to fly. Spread your wings across the universe. Soon you'll find that it's your time to fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Aloha. Captain Dennis. And our special guest, Diego Alfonso. Now, when I started my flight training, God knows how many years ago, uh, Diego uh, was a, uh, he was an FAA flight examiner. I thought he was going to be the guy who was going to give me my check ride. I, I got close, but then uh, <laughs> I got derailed and uh, he, he made the better uh, judgment call and retired. I don't know. Did I push you in that direction at all? Uh, I was like, I don't really want to deal with this guy. Was that what happened, Diego? Or what do you think? It's no, okay I, to say yes, Diego. <laughs> no, I, I tell you, I tell you the truth. Uh, I started to see my hair is turning white, ah. and and then I knew something was up. So. Okay, that was a signal. All right, so I'll take that. That's better than uh, me being the cause. But he seems to be enjoying. Uh, retirement uh, and, and probably working even harder than he did when he was working with the FAA because he just released this new book, The Theory of Flight 2.0, It's Missing Links Revealed, Diego Alfonso Sr. Check it out. You can order it on Amazon today. Now, you've written this thing uh, from you know a very basic standpoint. So whether you're a pilot in training or just interested in uh, flying or just the basics, it's it really won't go over your head at all. You've really dumbed it down for people like me. <laughs> And uh, so we can uh, take this information, potentially make it us make us better flying students. But but uh, the idea was to kind of you know uh, erase the mystery. I guess is that what, is that a fair assumption, or what do you think? Yes, it is. It is, and uh, the the book is, is there are no mathematical formulas at all. Right, uh, we love that because uh, no. math sucks, and we don't want any well, of that. Of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the idea of, an, of a training uh, manual is to teach the student how to fly an airplane, not how to build one. You know what I mean? Right. It's, 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 <laughs> I don't care if E uh, <laughs> equals MC square or whatever. That, I, I, <laughs> that's not going to do anything for me. Yes. I want to know if I pull this thing, what happens? And if I push this thing, what happens? Mm-hmm. So I, that's the way the book is written. But okay. just to give you an idea. Uh, how the book, uh, in, in the book, I have uh, 12 points that are really, uh, they're more than, the, more than those, but these are the most important one. And the first one is that pilots need to know that once an airplane becomes airborne, it becomes an air molecule. Hmm. See, this is the... This is the key to understanding this whole thing. If, if we don't understand that, then uh, the whole thing becomes blurry. But remember, once anything, any object becomes airborne, it becomes part of the air mass. So if the air mass moves, so does the object. It is it, just the way it goes. Uh, so an airplane becomes airborne, now it's an air molecule. And it moves together with the other air molecules with one slight difference, that it can move faster than the air molecules. That's the only difference. Hmm. But other than that, it's exactly the same. I'm, my aim uh, in, in this book is for an aerodynamicist or 
a uh, aeronautical engineer, someone uh, who could take this book and read it and analyze it and say, this is really uh, not true. Or, yes, this is really true. Because this is, no one has ever heard 80% of what I wrote in that book. In other words, the book is not more of the same. It's totally different. And, yeah. and it brings the pilot in a different direction. Well, I'll tell you this whole error molecule uh, analogy, which it really is not an analogy. He's saying that's what it is. I've never heard that in my flight training before. Have you, Dennis? Is that kind <laughs> yeah. of a new way to look at it? Or what I do mean, you think? I guess it's a great way to understand. You know, people mm-hmm. don't, un- don't realize the effects of wind. Uh, you know, if you let a balloon go, what happens to it? Well, it drifts across the U.S. and winds up getting shot down off well, the East Coast. Well, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> that's a different story. We'll get to that but, later. But it's still a molecule of air, right? And okay. it behaves the same way. And Diego's right on on track that the only difference is the airplane has a has the ability to power itself and can change its direction relative to that air, but it's still being acted on by that air. And so that's why he was coming in for a landing at 50 miles per hour and wasn't making any progress over the air because the air was coming at him the same speed he was going. Mm-hmm. And so it canceled out. Ex- exactly. Exactly. A balloon, once the balloon goes up, is an air molecule that's going to go with whatever the wind goes. Yeah. And um, so, and then the other thing is that the airplane is the one that is always striking the air molecules. The air molecules can never strike the airplane because once the airplane becomes airborne uh and let me give you an example when i did that in the book i created a blimp uh, a super blimp that can uh, hook up an airplane on the knee okay so you have the blimp floating not moving and the air is stationary the air molecules and the blimp in relation to each other are stationary if the blimp begins to fly forward, the air molecules remain stationary, and the blimp flies through them. Are we agree with that? Okay, yeah, sure. But, but now the air mass begins to move, but the blimp has no idea that this has happened, because the blimp is part of the air mass. And it's moving through the stationary uh, air molecules. See, that's that's the second step. That's another thing that the pilot needs to understand. You need to visualize this. Right. And But it goes against our programming because since we were born, we know that wind strikes us. Well, guess what? Once anything is airborne, the wind doesn't strike anything ever. And nothing that is airborne can strike the wind, even if that something is moving. That is the principle, I call it a fundamental, that um, that I discover. Uh, and, and, and once you get it, but, you know, it's five chapters just to explain this. Yeah, just to get your head uh, around it, you got to read the book. You know, I, I like the way you're, you're explaining this, because like I say, he's dumbing it down for people like me. <laughs> well, there no, might be I, another person or two just like me yeah, just one or two but uh, I, right? I do appreciate it yeah l- l- let me tell you this i had to dumb it down for me okay because it took me years 
of thinking about this and not be because I had to break the programming of what I felt as a land dweller since I was born. Well, you know, that's and what I, I love about Diego. He's as dumb as me. Uh, I don't think that's exactly. what he, I don't. Exactly. <laughs> you're not supposed exactly. to agree with me on that, Diego. You wrote a friggin' book about learning how to fly airplanes. You're a genius. Once again, the book is called The Theory of Flight 2.0. It's Missing Links Revealed by Diego M. Alfonso Sr. Check it out on Amazon. All right, we got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Never feel sorry for a man who owns a plane. So here I stand, and then again I say. I'm hoping we can make some wishes out of airplanes. Can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky like shooting stars? Shooting stars. I can really use a wish right, right now. now. Wish right, right now. Wish right now. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so, uh, you know, we are we, we got a few comments to make about the balloon that traversed the U.S. here last week got shot down. Of course, we got to talk about it a little bit. We'll get to it. And, uh, you know, uh, a milestone in the aviation world's coming up as well. And we'll uh, get to that uh, momentarily. But first, it's time for some viewer mail. Yes, this is just plain radio, but, uh, well, you can connect the dots and, uh, you know, understand why we twistedly call it viewer mail. This is from uh, Rick. And he says, uh, look, yesterday my wife and I were at Tavares Seaplane Base, and we got to see the beautiful Akon A5 land and taxi ashore, talk to the pilot, uh, you know, picked his brain and launched me down a rabbit hole of LSA uh, aircraft and the sport pilot certificate. So his question is, is it conceivable that uh, you could obtain a sports certificate and fully exercise all those privileges commensurate with that uh, rating uh, before you go forward and uh, go for a private pilot and uh, the certificate, which is what I'm I'm doing now. My answer would be, you know, why why 
do that. Just go for the whole enchilada right from the get-go. That, that'd be my thinking. But you could do this, right, Dennis? You're Absolutely. The That's the yeah. reason that they created the light sport rating. Um, so if you're okay with the limitations of a light sport certificate, it is definitely a much faster way to get your license and be able to start carrying a passenger and being able to go fly on your own without the limitations of a CFI and 90-day sign-offs. Yeah. But the limitations are, you know, they're real. You can't fly above 10,000 feet. You can't fly at night. You can't fly an airplane with more than two seats or that weighs more than 1,320 pounds. Uh, so, you know, if you, oh, and you can't go into like a towered airport or a class Charlie airport, you know, unless you get additional training and sign-offs from an instructor and it's per airport. So, right. You know, that that could be a limitation for you. But if you don't, if you live on a little private air park or in a small GA airport that doesn't have any of that kind of stuff, and you only have one person, maybe your spouse or a, a, a child or somebody that would fly with you or you fly by yourself, and all you wanted to do is go knock around, yeah, go get an Icon A5, go splash around, go buy yourself a little Piper Sport or uh, RV12, which is an LSA, and Start flying. You can get that license in 20 hours. You don't have to go through a lot of the cross-country requirements and things like that. But you are flying. You're a pilot. You're building time and experience. And depending on what you want to do with your license, yeah, th- but, that might be the end of the road. I mean, yeah, I'm flying. I'm an LSA pilot. It doesn't. Well, you're a pilot. That's all that counts. That's true. But uh, but I would go from the standpoint of like, look, the more training you get, the better pilot you're going to be. So even if you don't exploit all the uh, benefits of having your private pilot certificate, isn't that going to make you a better pilot anyway, even if you're maintaining with an LSA, uh, you know, certificate type of thing, or that's kind of be going to be the, the mission that you want to uh, accomplish. It's still all the extra hours. Aren't, isn't that much more? Is it? Well, it's almost double the flight time. Well, There's, yeah, but got- that, that makes you a better pilot. I would think in well, theory. Yeah. It depends, though. What's your mission? I mean, there's a lot of guys that are flying here in my air park that go to two airports every week, yeah. and that's it. Neither one of them are towered. Do they need to go through all of the additional procedures and night training, things like that? If they're never going to fly at night, they're not going to fly in instruments. That's all they want to do is just be able to get up and go and fly 50 miles for breakfast and come back. And that, what you know, that, that's perfectly acceptable. Well, it's acceptable. I, I'm not debating that you could go that route. I'm just saying... In the bigger scheme of things, uh, you know, the more training you have, the better pilot you're going to be. And, yeah, you may never use that knowledge, but at least you'll be exposed to it. Sure. And God, God knows if you get into a situation where you're challenged uh, beyond your limits to a certain extent, it's always better to have that uh, knowledge base to fall back on a little bit. Isn't it? Well, and nobody says you have to stop at LSA. So, right. you know, go ahead and get your light sport rating and start flying and carrying passengers. And then as time and finances allow, uh, go ahead and pursue the full private pilot ticket. Well, if you just, you know, when it comes you can down do that in that airplane. Yeah. But when it comes down to the passengers too, and you're telling your uh, better half like, Hey, I'm just going to go for the LSA certificate. They're going to appreciate the fact that maybe you go for the private pilot too. Don't you think? It's going to be a selling point from, from oh, yeah, I've got more training. Even though I don't really need it for what we're going to do, uh, that'll put them at ease. Uh, or do you just not tell them that? <laughs> I, it's more than they need to know. Exactly. <laughs> you, you have a pilot's license. That's all that matters. Uh, right. Okay. But the time that you do spend getting your LSA training counts towards your private. 
So you, you need 40 hours for private, you need 20 for an LSA. So you would have to fill in the blanks and fill in the missing pieces, get the additional training. And it's something that you could do piecemeal. Hey, I'm going to go do the night training with an instructor for my flight review. Yeah. Okay, go knock out that. Then another, you know, maybe six months later, I go up with an instructor and go do some towered airport procedures. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon you got all the requirements. All you have to do is go do a check ride with the uh, DPE again. But now he only has to do a partial check ride because you've already passed an FAA check ride to become a light sport pilot. So now you just got to demonstrate the other capabilities and you're done. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and then I guess, I mean, if you piecemeal it like that, I, I, I get it, but that would potentially cost more over time too, wouldn't it? Because you, you're doing, now you got to do two check rides. You got to pay uh, the instructor. I mean, you got to pay the examiner and all this other stuff. So it, it could potentially cost a little bit more over time. Uh, it could. It? Yeah. But if it, if it's the difference between you even getting the license, I mean, or, or not, Maybe the 20-hour commitment and the t- cost to do that is something you can afford today, and that's that's 10 years from now Greg's problem. Well, okay, don't use me as an example. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if you would have got an LSA, you wouldn't need a medical. You wouldn't be in this pickle. Well, I, you know, but six months ago, I didn't really think it would take this long, you know? So. No, no, 11 years ago, you didn't think it would take this long. Well, but yeah, but that was a different excuse. Yeah. Uh, um, was, but, but there is another reason to go the LSA route. There is a training company um, in Sebring, Florida, that trains people um, using LSAs to get their pilot's license. Mm-hmm. And they're actually able to get you to a LSA CFI. So you can become a flight instructor uh, in LSAs with like 120 hours or something like that. So now all of a sudden you're a flight instructor and able to start teaching light sports students while you're building the experience and hours to go get your traditional commercial pilot's license. Hmm. So there, there's crazy. definitely some some interesting quirks to the LSA rules that could work in people's favor, depending on what you want to do. Right. Now, if you are deciding that you think that's the type of aircraft you want to purchase, uh, ultimately, I, I definitely agree this is the way to go. But if you think you're going to go into a more mainstream type of, you know, Cessna type aircraft or whatever, or more you know production aircraft. I think uh, you want to go the private pilot route. Well, definitely, if you want something yeah. with retractable landing gear, you know, higher horsepower. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely a lot of limitations on the LSAs. They have to have fixed landing gear unless they're an amphibian. But they um, have less but, restrictions on, like you know, the avionics and all the bells and whistles that you want to put in there, and you, you can go nuts. Less or more. It's not experimental, although you can get an experimental light sport, which does give you that flexibility. But if you buy a manufactured light sport, they they don't have to go through the Part 23 FAA requirements. They go through something called ASTM, which is basically uh, a consensus agreement that we're putting stuff in here that makes sense and is as industry agrees on that these things are good and reliable. So you'll mm-hmm. find Rotax engines, you'll find Garmin avionics, things like that. But the manufacturer has to actually specify what you can put in there. So you do actually get more limited. The Cessna Skycatcher was an LSA. And... To get ADSB compliance, you had to get S Cessna had to actually come out and say this is what you can put into this airplane to meet your ADSB out requirements. Okay, so you know there's some restrictions and some uh, more flexibility. You just got to weigh all these elements and decide which route you want to go. All right, we got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. 
Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Flying away, is that a bad thing? Only if you're a human being. This is Just Plain Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. And like everyone else, we got to at least talk about these balloons. Or a balloon that was floating over the uh, U.S., the Chinese. Uh, I don't know. They were having a party. They had a birthday party. One of the balloons got away from them. I think that was their excuse. And it just happened to fly over the U.S. And and then they said, oh, maybe we ought to take it out after it flew all the way across the country. You know, it was uh, interesting uh, things. You know, depending on how you look at it, was it serious? Was it uh, much to do about nothing? Was I think, it just a weather balloon? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think it was kind of a big deal myself. But, uh, you know, look, uh, I, we, we'll have to wait and see what are the ramifications of all this nonsense is. You know, and they waited until it got off the coast of South Carolina before they took it down, saying that it wasn't a threat. But... I don't know. There were some reports that they had to deviate airspace or close down airspace, I think, in Montana at some point. And that did affect uh, some aviators in that area, I assume. Right. I I don't think they shut down the airspace in Montana, but that's where it was really first came to the press that this thing was out there. Mm -hmm. But they definitely shut down the airspace off of Myrtle Beach um, and put out a, a TFR and the whole bit because... That was when they took it out. They yeah. didn't want anybody in the vicinity while they had an F-22 launching air-to-air missiles against a balloon. Well, I heard so. some report that, yeah, when it was in Montana and they saw it, that they did close down the airspace for a while. Maybe at the initial stage of seeing it or finding it or realizing everybody could see it now. <laughs> there was some report, but who knows? Yeah, it but depends. Even at the altitudes it was at, though, I think they said it was still up around 40,000 feet, which is above almost everything except some of the higher performance uh, business jets. Most yeah. airliners are, you know, below, you know, they're in the low to mid 30s. Right. So and what's fl- the worst kind of thing that could happen? You fly through a balloon. I mean, uh, well, be- this balloon was the size of three city school buses and had a payload on it. Uh, the size of a small airliner, so yeah, you know, wouldn't want that. I guess no, that could probably ruin that'd be you worse than a bird strike. Now that I think about it, uh, you most definitely, be, yeah, wouldn't be able to see. <laughs> yeah. oh, I was flying VFR, and all of a sudden, boosh! It's like someone put, put a, you know, uh, a, a face mask on me. I couldn't see nothing. I couldn't yeah. breathe either. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it did, that didn't happen. Thank goodness. But I don't know. It's just a mess. There, there was a flurry of UFO sightings over the Midwest, uh, as well last week. I, I don't think it had anything to do with the balloon, but, uh, I, I listened to some ATC, uh, chatter that was on YouTube last week that, uh, was very intriguing. Now, the, I'll tell you, they were talking back and forth between the tower and the Delta pilots and a United pilot, and they were kind of laughing about it. But uh, they were, they made comments like, oh, yeah, we see these all the time. We don't know what the heck they are. They sure don't make make any sense. They're moving awfully fast. I don't know what the heck that it could move that fast. And so they all were kind of like, uh, I don't really want to report this, but, you know, we see them too. 
<laughs> you know, and it's it's kind of weird hearing the uh, chatter. You can look this up on YouTube and make your own, you know, uh, assumption from it. But I don't know. They are seeing some stuff up in the sky that we can't explain uh, to, you know, weather balloons. So we'll see how this all where the dust settles or where more balloons end up being taken out of the sky. Hopefully that's all they are. If there's if they're uh, flying saucers, we got a whole nother issue, but uh, we'll save that uh, for a future episode of just plain radio back to the latest aviation news and information. Uh, Boeing had a, uh, well, a milestone for what, which aircraft? The 747. It's, it's done. The queen's reign has ended. Mm-hmm. The last 747 was delivered to Atlas air um, last week in a ceremony. And the Atlas pilots, God bless them, uh, they actually went out of their way and did one of those skywriting GPS things. Right. And they actually drew a crown in the sky with the 747 underneath the crown on their way to deliver this airplane. So they t- picked it up in Seattle and flew it to, uh, I think, the Cincinnati or wherever the, the, you know, the base was that it was going to be operating out of. And along the way, they took the scenic route, and it mm-hmm. was really quite cool. I was actually, uh, I got the flight number. While it was had after it had just uh, taken off, and so I was watching it on FlightAware and seeing the design getting written in the sky. I remember sending it to you, and you're kind of like, "What am I looking what at?" What the hell and then is it was this? Like, oh, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, well, not till after it was done because I, you know, he didn't say, "Hey, they're writing a crown in the sky." He just sent me the flight path, and I I look it up, and I'm like, "Okay, there's a plane going across the uh, U.S. I don't get it. What, what am I looking at here?" And then uh, about an hour or two later. I went back and looked at it again, and then I saw, oh, there's a design. These guys are writing a flight path in the sky to commemorate the last flight of this monster, I guess. But uh, but that uh, that was impressive. I mean, doing stuff like that, is that just typical? That's that's more in, uh, involved in skywriting, I guess, isn't it? I mean, you're going to have a computer lay that path out or what? Like- yeah, they, I'm sure that they designed it, but I saw the flight plan was uh, uh, in uh, – uh, actually upload like on flight aware so people mm-hmm. had the actual path before they even flew it so ah. they must have they shared that with everybody but you could pull up that flight plan in flight in for flight even and see where they're going and all the waypoints so it was, it was pretty neat yeah we're gonna have to do a little google search on that like what's the most creative flight path uh designs that have uh, been perpetuated over the years because i imagine oh. there's a bunch that uh you can't even talk about well <laughs> yeah the navy got in trouble for one yeah like, hey, you're number one, kind of thing, uh, right? Sort of. It was, uh, you know, they, they drew a gentleman's sausage in the sky. Ah, one of those. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, but there was a Florida pilot over Christmas that uh, drew a Christmas tree with ornaments. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty clever. You know, right. People come up with different things to commemorate different uh, milestones in their careers or, yeah. you know, commemorations. Yeah. I would you imagine know, maybe- there's been a, you know, will you marry me? Uh, kind of aviator thing. Someone's done that before, haven't they? You think probably, and Surely. hopefully they gave it to the uh, their their future fiance right. um, after the flight was done instead of like if you. What am I looking at? Mm-hmm. Maybe <laughs> from the draw. Will you? <laughs> yeah. Right. It would take a while. It definitely would take a while. But yeah, uh, you know that's a creative way to look at it, and you know that might be if you're thinking of a creative way for your. Your, uh, you know, uh, son or daughter to propose. There, there you go, and you're welcome. Or we apologize. Uh, you can take that and run with it. Valentine's Day is just around the, around the corner, so it might be a good time to do it. It's also uh, what Chuck Yeager's hundredth birthday. 
So yep, that's, that's coming up on the 13th, a hundred years. So maybe somebody should go and draw a, uh, X1 in the sky, you know, or something like that to commemorate 100 years of supersonic, you know, the the birthday of the guy that broke the sound barrier. Right. Yeah, we got an email from uh, Josh at the network, and he he suggested that we talk about Chuck Yeager's birthday. He he actually thought it was Valentine's Day, and you could tie the two together and say, hey, honey, we're going to go up and uh, celebrate Chuck Yeager's birthday on Valentine's Day because I love you. You know, but use that as an excuse to incorporate your passion for flying and have it into your passion service for your, life. Uh, your spouse, yeah, uh, in a way that she expects for Valentine's Day. I thought that's genius. <laughs> that's a way to multitask and still, you know, enjoy both activities uh, on a, another level. You know what I mean? It's better well, than a chick flick or something in a. You know, fancy yeah, take, dinner. Her, take her out to a fly-in dinner. Go fly her out to Vero Beach to CJ Cannons or up to Lakeland to the Waco Grill or something like that. Or, sorry, Waco Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. And then, and then, and then uh, take a crazy route. Have it spell out, I love you, or a, like a heart. And she'll go, why is it taking us so long? I'm hungry! Well, flight plan it correctly. You take, the, you take one half of the heart getting to the restaurant, and when you leave, you do the other half, uh, and then you show her the two halves together when you're done. Look at us, bringing people together, Dennis. That's what we do. We're just givers, aren't we? Yeah. We'll never incorporate any of this type of stuff into our personal lives. <laughs> We're way too far gone. At least I speak for myself, not necessarily you, but but uh, no comment? You, no, no. You've been married long <laughs> enough to know when to be silent. 20, 25 years. Yep, I've learned a few things. Yes. All right, so do uh, do what we say, not as we do. Uh, but if but, you can make it work for you and your wife's account, you know, amenable to the idea, go for it. Right, and uh, happy birthday to Chuck Yeager. Hundred years—that's quite a thing. And aviators around the world should celebrate accordingly. And on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Till next time, remember: there's no better high than learning to fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 